Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The future's a mystery, but what's new in history? So here we are with a new episode of What's New in History, and today I'm with Dan, my regular Hello, co-host. And Hello, Dan. Here we are with a What's New in History. I love when we have you on What's New in History. What's What's is new in history? Today, we're going to talk about gorillas on boats. <laughs> what? Yeah. Hominids, actually, on boats. So simple a caveman can do it. Yeah. There's this article, and I thought of it, too, when we, when we did the episode on Hanno with the gorillas, and I found this article. It was in a couple of different places, but the one I have is here is from Salon.com. And the author is named Troy Farah. And they think, and I could kind of agree with them a little bit here, that pre-Homo sapiens or some really, really ancient type of humans probably knew how to sail and probably sailed in the Mediterranean. So they were actually sailing and not just rowing or something? Well, I don't know. I'm going to call it sailing because they had boats. Let's just say that. I wouldn't, I'm not sure if they had an actual sail or nobody would know that because this is so old, any of the evidence would be gone. But the evidence that basically why they think it is because there's we have evidence of with stone tools made by hominids. You know, it could be Neanderthals, could be Homo erectus, could be could be really ancient Homo sapiens, but if it's older than Homo sapiens and it's pre Homo sapiens, um, they found evidence on different Aegean islands that um, of, you know, stone tools, basically stone tools and bones. And so your first thought might be, well, that was so long ago, there was ice ages, There, you know, they could walk to these places. But at least since 450,000 years, some of these islands were not, um, you're not, you couldn't get to them by a land bridge or if they were frozen over or anything like that. Okay, so they they reached islands in the Mediterranean, or Correct. whatever whatever represented the Mediterranean at the time. At those big sea, I'm sure. And four hundred fifty thousand years ago. Yeah, it could be up to four hundred fifty thousand years ago. And the thing is, 
like Crete specifically. Crete was not accessible from land. You couldn't walk to Crete. Um, so then there's evidence of, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago of, of with people, whether people are Homo sapiens or quite possibly Homo erectus, um, on Crete. Yeah, we do. I looked into, before we talked about this, about the split between Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. Like Homo heidelbergensis is the last known ancestor of both Neanderthals and Homo sapiens. Okay. But the actual, the actual point when Homo sapiens and Neanderthals split is highly contested. So we have like... Um, Somewhere between 250,000 years ago and 800,000 years ago. And this matter is not settled yet. Yeah, you're right. So this could be either Homo erectus, Homo heidelbergensis, Homo sapiens. Oh, not Homo sapiens because they're they not around yet. But, uh, or Homo heidelbergensis or the Neanderthals, which right. are probably not split from the Denisovans at this point, And that didn't happen in Europe. I think. I think I think it kind of shows that like maybe these other so-called species of human weren't that different than us. You know, the it Homo depends sapiens. on. It also depends on whether they came from Africa or from Europe. Oh, because the Neanderthals developed in Europe, as far as I understand. Yeah, as far as that's what we think, right? So then, if they were Neanderthals, they were there. They were coming out of Africa and then sailing. But if they were sailing to Crete, coming out of Africa and sailing there. I mean, I have a couple of thoughts on on it. Well, what, well, here before we get to that, I think what's important about it, knowing if if what kind of species that were there, is whether or not to to sail or to row there, um, you probably need to have some sort of language. And they're not; they always they're not sure if 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 the they actually had the windpipes right and the ability to have make a lot of words. The Homo erectus and the Neanderthals. So if you were to like roll a boat, you'd have to say like, you row on the right and you go on the left. And, you know, it probably wouldn't be like one gorilla on a boat. I shouldn't call them gorillas, but <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody around. You, you, that's the only people you could insult is, is, is uh, Neanderthals. There's nobody to be offended. <laughs> so they have the coordination to get across a large body of water. Right. So it's probably not a dug-out canoe from a That's tree what I think, trunk. Though. See, in my opinion, I would think it, would, it should be a dug-out canoe. What else could it? I mean, a boat? I mean, that to me is stretching it, like a you know, like a trireme or a bireme or a, just any bro, boat with oars. But I don't know, maybe. So dug-out canoe, and you have something that makes it not uh, topple over. Yeah, so I did some research, like in the Polynesians, who 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 sailed, you know, thousands of miles, and they would basically like strap two canoes together, and that yeah. keeps them balanced. And then you can put a sail in the middle. And you remember now they're not sailing that far. And th- the other thing is they would have had to know that there was an island there, like they would have to see it. And Crete, I, I believe, it's further away. You know, today you wouldn't really see it from the shore of Africa or that. But if the shorelines were more you know, further out than they are today. They may have been able to see that island. And so, you know, it wasn't that big of a, oh, it's still a big of thing if you think that they're not, you know, human and they're just basically like some kind of animals. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But on the other hand, the Polynesians, if we talk about them, they uh, saw birds flying and birds always fly towards land eventually right. so it might you're have right. been birds that you're right and then they could have just saw that there was birds going there and um i think you know, like, why, you know I, I was thinking about this a lot so i would think like why would somebody want to go there there's there's probably not like tons of people there's got to be room everywhere why do you need to go to an island but i was thinking about like just a possible scenario just you know, there's no government per se. There's no, like, police force. And if you have, like, a bunch of other Neanderthals or Homo erectus or whoever they are that want to kill you and your family, right, because for some reason you're an outcast, you're going to try to get away. And if you can figure out how to make a boat and get your family out of there, you know, it probably doesn't take all that many people. I think I think they say, like, 20 people to really start, like, a colony like that. If you can, Even if you could grunt a little bit, get a couple of canoes together, and just, you know, roll away. Maybe the currents even sort of take you. I'm sure you could roll a little bit. And, you know. Yeah, maybe it was an act of desperation. Yeah, I mean, this is just, an, you know, how we'll never know. But it just seems like that could be a thing, you know. And then there you are. You know, you have to get away from this, these people. So it's just amazing to me. Like, we never think of it like that, that ancient that um, people would would do that. But But for sure. So. There's another article I grabbed, and they found that one – here's this is so old. 1.2 million years ago in Ethiopia, they found an obsidian hand axe making workshop. So it's like basically a workshop for making – you know, cutting obsidian, which is volcanic glass, which is sharp as hell, right? And they had like a workshop. Like we know that obsidian has been traded – for you know, thousands of years. But here we show 1.2 million years ago. These aren't homo sapiens at all. They had a workshop. So they're like gorillas in a workshop. Yeah, but when you say hand axes here, it's pretty much just sharp rocks, right? Yeah, but they, I, nah, but you don't know because you don't have the wood left. They could have strapped it to a piece of wood. Okay. You know, you have to be careful with obsidian. It's sharp. Yeah. You know, it'd be, but it, you know, it could be, it could be, um, 
it could be like a rock, but it's that's really like a sharp rock. So and if you and I also say like so if you had for one point two million years been using obsidian, you could definitely figure out how to make a between that time and a couple hundred thousand years, somebody could have definitely figured out how to scoop out a canoe. Yeah. And then so the first canoe that they've actually found, so I look back, what's the first boat? The first one was found eighty two hundred it's from about eighty two hundred BC and it was found in the Netherlands. Interesting. Right. <laughs> so that's up your way. And from 10,000 BC, it? Uh, it says it was only about a three feet long. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's a one-man canoe then. Yeah, it's a small canoe. <laughs> but, you know, maybe half a lot of it was rotted away too. I just think, like, they're they're talking in the article, right? And they're saying, like, well, maybe they drifted. Like, maybe they held on to, rat, you know, a log and drifted. I mean, like, that just seems simple. Like, you could be, if you're able to have a workshop of hand axes a million years ago, and, you know, you have, like, Homo sapiens and, and, and Neanderthals and even Homo erectus who has fire and, you know, all over the world. I, I just don't think it's that much of a stretch to figure out you could take a log and dig it out and sit in it and, you know, roll. I guess you could also make a barge. Yeah, like strap them together. Yeah, so then they won't topple over. Yeah. So, I mean, the evidence is, according to these, and I'll post it, of course, in the notes, the evidence of these uh, that, you know, ancient humans, pre-humans even, proto-humans, sailed or rode or did something. I don't know. I think they, they probably did. That's my conclusion. So is there? So we believe that there were boats before eight thousand two hundred BC. There must have been, especially if they're in the Netherlands. Is there any evidence? They have ten thousand BC, and um, we have a drawing of a boat. It's from Azerbaijan. Okay, how big was that it's, boat? It was a reed rowing ship carrying about twenty men. Wow! So then we have oars. Yeah. And a ship big enough for 20 people. Yeah. Oh, and of course, boats don't preserve very well. Exactly. So they could have been around much longer than that. Exactly. They don't, they mean, dinosaurs maybe had boats. <laughs> <laughs> they just I'm fairly sure away. they didn't. No, well, that's what Graham Hitchcock says they did. <laughs> You can't prove they didn't. So to him, they did. <laughs> He's just asking questions. He's just asking so, questions. Could they have possibly? What, what if? <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, what if the dinosaurs had boats? Yeah, would, uh, they might have. That would explain some things. <laughs> it would. That's how they got around Pangea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, except that Pangea had land connection. Exactly. So um, I remember look, uh, watching a documentary on uh, Denisovans the, after the split between Homo sapiens and Neanderthals. Neanderthals split into Neanderthals and Denisovans. And uh, Denisovans seems to have uh, crossed at least like 80 kilometers of water in hmm. Indonesia. And they must have used something like this. Yeah, really. When you think about it, it's not that... It's not that far-fetched. It's just something you never thought about, I guess, before, you know, because we think about boats. But when you think about canoes and then the fact that you could you could have multiple canoes, you know, like the American Indians had canoes yeah. when they 
got here and then, you know, it wasn't like they didn't have any con- – well, they, they could have been – well, of course, I mean, people could have been making canoes since before the Indians came to America, you know? And I, I think in the Denisovan story, they, they could actually probably see the land on the other yes. side of the water. Yes, 100%. Yes, they could definitely see it. And, of course, if they came to Crete, Crete has some high points – and then you could probably see it from another island. So maybe there is island hopping. Oh yeah, for sure. And they say they say that maybe one of their other theories is that they were chasing large animals like these small, like kind of smaller elephants that used to live in the time, you know. And then they might have been chasing them because they were they were kind of killing them out, you know, because they the, these big animals couldn't couldn't survive with the pressure of human hunting this is the theory and so then they you know they were now the elephants didn't make boats to go to those islands those they were connected by water you know millions of years ago by land and so um the possibly the ancient humans or proto-humans were were chasing the big game it's another theory yeah that was an interesting prey dwarf elephants yeah dwarf (laughs) elephants make a nice meal out of that better than Better than Harbogus's son. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I, I found a video of an orangutan rowing a canoe. Okay. Somebody taught that orangutan to do that. Probably. Probably, but he's still doing it. And he's not as smart as a human. No. Uh, you know, uh, apes like gorillas, chimpanzees, and orangutans can't swim and are usually very afraid of rivers and such things. They can swim or they cannot swim? They cannot swim. Oh, okay. But there is one bunch of orangutans who actually lived close to a, a bathing place, like a beach, where humans did a lot of swimming. So they learned to swim watching the humans so there is a one small tribe of orangutans who can actually swim i think that's interesting i think you're gonna find that like these apes or they have a culture too you know different areas will be a little different just like humans so we have certain things were you know intrinsic and then certain things that are culture yeah but uh, I, I'm quite fascinated by these uh, human ancestors and what they could do because we know so little still about I them. I know. I'm with two. It's funny. We do these what's new in history. We go further back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's new in history? 1.2 million years. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know. But it's interesting how we're learning. I mean, I really do feel like that's one of the main things with history is that the reason people study history like myself is because we're trying to understand what it's like to be human. Yeah. You know, and it's like that's this is like this really interesting, and especially the part about language because I also recently read us, um, and I'm kind of getting all the what's new in histories in here because sometimes you can't get the whole thing in an episode. There's a, lingu- a linguist who feels that humans, it was only like twenty thousand years ago that we've had language, and we were able to sort of speak all these, you know, centuries and millennia. But it was really like twenty thousand years ago. He says is that when grammar. An actual language like we would know today came in like before it might be like like even like crows could sort of speak they can say like danger danger you know things like that but a crow doesn't say oh, i feel sick today and i really tired you know that kind of thing yeah and abstract things like yesterday yeah. i did this 
Right, right. But you wouldn't really need that to, to take 20 guys in a canoe, you know, across to an island. You know, you could say, row, you left. Yeah. That kind of thing. You know, you wouldn't necessarily have to say, like, my arms are sore and I really hate you because, you, you know, you took my wife. That kind of stuff, you know. You could, you could speak enough to, 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 to carve out a canoe or a couple of them or a fleet of them, however you have to do it, and then get to an island. But it doesn't seem impossible. Exactly. When I first saw this, it was like, how could this be? And then you read it and you think about it, you're like, huh, how could it not be? Now, now that I get to talk about ancient hominids, I have to mention one other thing. Please. One thing that fascinates me with ancient hominids is that this very moment in time that there is only one kind of human on planet Earth, Homo sapiens sapiens, seems very rare that it, during the time of human development, there were almost always at least two, maybe more, different type of hominids on the Earth. And it seems like maybe it's only 10,000 years ago that this happened. They recently, yeah. like in 2019, found another very late human race that wasn't Homo sapiens sapiens. Remember when they found Homo florensis in 2006, the Hobbit? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a, a new find from 2019, which is even more recent. Wow. So this, this fascinates me. Maybe somewhere out there, no, probably not. There is another race. Bigfoot? Yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> but he should be an ape, right? Or Yeah, more like that. You're right. Yeah. But did you hear there's – a, there's a really interesting story, and I know that's like – it's. I know. I heard the, a podcast on the podcast Lore. I mean, if you listen, that's a pretty good podcast. And in his first episodes, he talks a lot about these like small people that are stories all throughout humanity. And there's this, and it was in Indonesia, like where these, where the, where the Florence Homo Florensis is. There was, there's a story where there was always these little people, and they lived in. They explained their huts and everything, and then it was like the late 1800s, maybe the early 1900s, that they maybe killed out the last of them, if the story's true, that there was this, they always said that they stole, you know, like they try to steal stuff from the villages and stuff, and they, they cornered them in their huts, and then they burned them all up. And it could they could have actually been like another race. Wow. Or it could be a story. You know, it's, it's sort of like that. But it's one of those things where like there's so many stories about it, it's almost like, hmm, what's going on here? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I remember that from Homo Florensis when it was discovered that it really 
sounded like the ancient legends of that area. Right. That they talked about these little people. Right. Isn't that amazing? They might have survived all those years. That would be awesome if we could find some of that. And don't get me started about Bigfoot. That's an entirely different podcast. I, I'm quite fascinated by Bigfoot. Hmm. And I yeah. so hope that he's real, but uh, odds are against it. I know. As we're getting more and more people on the planet, it's hard to imagine where he could hide. Oh, oh, that's so funny. I know we're kind of going all over the place, but I'll send it to you later. Maybe I'll post it. I, I saw some video where they said, well, maybe they, a lot of the sightings, oh, it was an article. And they said that they did like, they used data to, um, to you know, study, to show it. So anyway, a lot of where there's Bigfoot sightings, there's black bears, right? And black <laughs> bears will walk on their feet, on their two feet, yeah. and they'll look like that. And there was a, then I saw this video of a black bear that injured his front paw and he walks on his two feet all over the, like he goes around people's houses, you know, cause he's like in, near houses yeah. and you should see him, Dan. He's like, it looks like a man just walking around on two feet. This bear. Well, that seems like the Occam Racer solution to Bigfoot, but it's I so boring. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Cause they say he smells bad too. And I know any people who said they've been close to a bear say bears smell terrible. Yeah, I have to recommend a podcast episode about Bigfoot that has an entirely different explanation. It's the it's last podcast on the left. Okay. And they did an episode about the great UFO and Bigfoot invasion in Pennsylvania oh. in 1973. Oh. Where oh. the the theory pretty much was that Bigfoot was connected to UFOs and were probably aliens. Damn. Or alien pets. Oh, maybe like Chewbacca. <laughs> that's that's probably the point where we should stop this episode. Yeah, you're right. Now we've definitely hit a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's what's new in history. I mean, we think hominids, Dan and I are in agreement that it's possibly Homo, homo erectus or, or Neanderthals could have used boats to get to Crete and some of the Aegean islands. I'll definitely post the article so you guys can read them. Oh, I can't stop talking. I have to mention one other thing. Please. You know monkeys? Yeah. They are in uh, Africa. And from Africa, they spread out to Asia. But they're also in South America. And that's kind of a conundrum. How did monkeys actually get to South America? Chimpanzee monkeys? Or just no, like no little... small monkeys. So there's so, no land. No, uh, Africa and South America split apart uh, long, long ago, long before the development of monkeys. Oh. But on, there's a great difference between South American monkeys and African monkeys. So they have been apart from each other for a very long time. But the current theory is that they must have drifted across on something. Oh because God. the distance was much smaller than it was today, than it is today. Right. So somehow they got across to South America. They were like an invasive species. Yeah, but uh, no apes and no, of course, no human ancestors because we, we didn't split off from the apes at that point. So right. just, just cute monkeys in South America. I think they had made boats. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we can... We can use this obsidian to carve out the canoe. <laughs> uh, shut up and eat your fruit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You're the best. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Dan and I talking about monkeys, Bigfoot, uh, Homo erectus, <laughs> addling to Crete, and all kind of good stuff. That's what's what's new in history is about. We could just have some fun with it, right? Yes. Yeah, so if you guys have any other ideas for what's new in histories, I got a list of them, but and I could do them. But if you have any other ones or you want to do some with me, if you like, we just did one. You probably heard where I talked to um, uh, Aram, who's doing a cookbook on ancient Mesopotamian recipes. So if you guys got something like that, you want to come and pitch it to me, I'll be glad to hear it, and maybe we could do a podcast together. Sounds great. Sounds great. Hey, thanks, Dan. That was a blast. Thank you, Bernie. All right. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fanofhistory. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.